The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where we work every single solitary week of every single solitary year for, golly, over 20 years now. 50, 60. It feels like it some days, 50, 60. Anyway, to bring you the information and inspiration you need, I was trying to do math in my head. That's never a good idea. To... <laughs> Start or grow your own real estate investing career. Uh, it's question answer week. That's what we do on the first week of the month these days. It used to be the last week of the month, but I don't know. We changed it. Who knows why? And uh, that means it's your chance to ask questions about whatever is on your mind, whether it's rentals, retailing, wholesaling, short term rentals. Multifamilies, wholesaling, retailing, flipping, not flipping, keeping, financing, whatever. It's kind of it's kind of open mic day, is what I'm trying to say. And uh, you can uh, ask the questions in the most popular way, which is seems to be to send them to askvina at gmail dot com. That's a s k v like in Victor e n a at gmail dot com. Or alternatively, by doing what seems to be the most popular thing today, since I, I sat down in the chair and looked up at the screen, and there are two callers waiting on the line, and they're waiting because they called 877-772-9658, 877-772-9658. So we're going to go ahead and go straight to the phones and talk to George, who's on line one from Louisiana. George, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thank you very much, Vina. Hope everything's okay there. You know, I'm going to have need a boat to get home when it's it's starting to feel that way it's uh yeah <laughs> woke, woke woken up this morning by a giant bang of thunder and been been that way off and on all day today well anyway get to my question it's kind of on the ethical line um i listened to taylor and dave on the lease option and i seem to gather from taylor the way he was explaining it his payment that he was getting while the people were leasing, they applied to the purchase of the house. Now, I've heard other people say it the other way. You take that down payment, that's toward the purchase of the house. The payments are like a lease, and that goes in the seller's pocket, and then they're going to be ob obligated for the payment minus their down payment when it comes time. And I'm just kind of wondering, in this these times, the way it's kind of getting because I'm looking at getting into uh, mobile homes, and you have a hard time doing something like that. Uh, any guidance on this? 
okay. ethical question. So I want to I'm going to uh, step back for a second for the folks who did not go to that Saturday summer that you did and explain uh, that uh, what George is talking about is uh, lease options and specifically a uh, an expert from uh, the Pittsburgh area who was talking about rent credits where some some piece of the monthly payment. So so, you know, in a lease option, uh, you have two documents, you have a regular rental agreement and then you also have a second agreement with the person who's living in the house. And that is an option for them to buy the house. So they they can buy the house over some time frame that you've agreed on at some price that you've agreed on. But they don't have to buy the house. It's an option to buy the house. It's not a requirement that they buy the house. And the other thing that they pay, they pay an upfront fee generally related to that option called an option fee. And the option fee is, is like, if you're the investor, the option fee is, uh, compensation to you for basically giving up control of your property for some period of time. Cause, cause while, while that other person is under that lease and option to buy, you can't sell it to someone else except subject to the lease and option. So if you sold a house five years ago on a lease option for 200000 and now it's worth two fifty, but the the tenant buyer is still doing everything they're supposed to do, you can't say, well, I'm going to sell it for two fifty because someone else already has an agreement to buy it for 200 So you can't, you can't, you know your 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 equity your growth has been tied up by the by the option and the option fee pays you for the risk of tying up that equity for normally a year two years three years that's the normal term uh the other payment that you get is the rent from the lease and it's just like any anybody paying to have a roof over their head on a month to month basis the rent credit which is what George is referring to is a piece of the rent that may be that if you if you negotiate this with the person who's living in the house it may be applied toward the purchase price so sometimes you'll see lease options that have rent credits and it'll say uh, your rent is $1200 a month but every month that you make your payments on time and in full $100 applies to that $200,000 purchase price so over the course of 12 months if if all the rent was paid on time and in full it'd reduce the $200,000 purchase price by another 1200 bucks. So that that's basically what we're talking about here. Now, tell me, George, what you think the ethical issue is here. Well, I was I'm referring it primarily to to mobile homes mm-hmm. because they're the people that I've heard talk about that that payment that they make, that's going to be your payment that's not going to apply towards the payment of the of a mobile home because mobile homes in this area you might be able to sell one for 25 to 40 thousand mm-hmm. dollars and so therefore you're not going to get a whole lot of money they're not going to be able to make a, a payment a great payment each month mm-hmm. because the rents are so low mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's primarily what they're talking about so you don't want to you don't want to get them into a contract where they're tied up for say four or five years and they still feel like they're renters. And so instead of buying the home, after a few years, they walk away from it. Have you ever heard, and that's, that's what I'm have you ever heard of what's called a Lonnie deal? 
Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm referring to primarily. So so this is this this listeners is something that's very specific to mobile homes and people in the mobile home world know what a Lonnie deal is and everybody else in the world goes, What? Um so in a Lonnie deal, typically you're not you're not lease optioning the, the mobile home. You're selling it to them with a financing document. So it's not they're not renters. They're making a payment every month, but the payment is paying off the mobile home. Uh, typically, we're pretty short term, you know, eight years, 10 years, 12 years. If they make the payments every month, they own the home at the end of that time. That's different than a lease option where you might make payments for two years and then you have to go to the bank and get the money to buy the house because your lease is expiring and your option is expiring. So with if, if what you're talking about is Lonnie deals, the payment is not based on what the quote rent would be. It's based on how how much does it take, how much money every month does it take to fully amortize a loan of the amount, you know, you said twenty to forty thousand. So let's say it's twenty thousand. How much of a payment does it take to amortize a twenty thousand dollar loan over the course of eight years or nine years or ten years? And that's what the payment is. And and normally that would come out to less than rent would be on the same mobile home. So not only not only are they actually buying, they're not just renting, but in addition to that, they they almost always are getting payments that are a little bit lower than what they would pay if you just rented them the home. Have you have you have you used a financial calculator and figured out just just take an example property that you might be looking at? And say, what does it take to amortize this loan over 10 years, 120 months, uh, at whatever the prevailing interest rate is right now on mobile homes? Because I think what you're, oh, gonna, yes. I think what you're going to find is yeah, that the payments are pretty low. Right. I, I've, I've gone through Andy's class and, uh, I've, uh, I've worked at it. I've, I've taken your mathematical class, as a matter of <laughs> fact, and the other mathematical class that was on Corey. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'm 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 familiar with a with a financial calculator. There, there it's a it's a very easy thing to okay, use. Okay. Well, if the if the person who's living there is actually they're making they're making payments they 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 like and we we know they like them because they agree to do them, uh, and that they can afford and we know they can afford them because you qualified them. You looked at their income and expenses and said, okay, yeah, you can you can easily afford this payment, and it still happens that somebody might live in the in the property for 5 years and something you know so they're they're only 5 to 5 to maybe 3 to 5 years away from paying that thing off and they just walk away i mean that that happens right people get divorced people get married people people uh you know move for a job and they literally just walk away that's that right there is not any kind of ethical issue on your side because they had options other than to do that. Like for instance, if they've been paying, if it was a, if it was a 10 year loan and they've been paying for five years, they could have sold the mobile home and taken whatever equity over what they owed you away with them when they left. So they're getting all the same benefits that any property owner who has a loan can get from Owning a property with a loan on it. Okay. I, well, I appreciate it that you've answered my question. That's that's always kind of bothered me. I didn't want to 
take advantage of somebody. Yeah, no, it's not it's not taking advantage of somebody to give them the opportunity to buy any kind of property, home, mobile home, whatever that they like and can afford. And, you know, a lot of times the reason we would be selling them the mobile home on payments instead of the bank, you know, them going to the bank and getting uh, financing is because they can't. The bank, the bank can't take a chance on them because of the rules around, you know, qualified mortgages and whatnot. Uh, we can. And sometimes we choose to do that. And that's, I mean, you can, you can go to bed feeling good at night because you took a chance on somebody, whether it works out or not. Uh, you gave them, you gave them an opportunity to do something they wouldn't have been able to do conventionally. Well, I just want to make sure I'm helping someone. That's that's the bottom line. Okay, good thoughts, George. Thank you. All right, thank you. Bye bye. And uh, for folks who are interested in the mobile home business, which is a, actually a very interesting business that uh, not a lot of people know about. Uh, lots of cheap properties available wherever you are in the country. Mobile homes are the cheapest thing in your area which means they're kind of the ultimate affordable housing but man are they different you don't you don't you don't comp mobile homes the way you comp houses figure out what they're worth and you don't repair mobile homes the same way you repair stick built properties and you don't finance them the same way uh Cincinnati Rhea is actually having an all day class on mobile home and mobile home parks this upcoming Saturday it's like 3 days away now and uh, I'm going to give you the website to check it out because uh, I, it seems like recently, maybe it's because of the high competition in the property market. Maybe it's because price is going up. I've been hearing more and more people who would typically be real estate folks talking about, oh, I bought a mobile home or I'm buying a mobile home park. And like anything else, you got to know, you got to know what you're doing <laughs> before you do that. So. Uh, if you're interested in those, check it out at CincinnatiRia.com. That's CincinnatiRIA.com. And we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk to Chris and Ron. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's question and answer week here on Real Life Real Estate. You can ask any question you want, including about ethics in mobile homes, if that's your thing. Uh, just make sure you catch us before we go off the air here at about, uh, five till six. The number is eight seven 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 two nine six five eight, or you can send your question via email at askvina at gmail.com. And Mike, I have solved the mystery of why the phones are more active than the email today. Apparently Matt sent out a text to the folks on our weekly email list that we have the phone number to. I don't, I don't know, man, that's a lot of people. And, you know, he didn't ask me. And also he, t he probably sent that out to like, I don't know, 4,000 people. So we can stay here till midnight, right? He got six lines. Yeah. Okay, true that. He should do that during fund drive. Not question and answer week. Let's go to line two, Chris in Columbus. Chris, welcome to real life real estate. Hi, Vina. Hi, Chris. Um, so I have a question about uh, commercial real estate. I have a, um, I have not participated in anything with commercial real estate. I have single-family rentals, and I also help fund um, flips mm -hmm. out of my 401k. Mm -hmm. um, so this, this. Um, one of the partners in the company that does the flips 
is partnering with somebody else, and I've had the opportunity um, to invest in an an offering, and I'll read from the pro forma, is a 50% interest with a 6% cumulative preferred return on vested invested capital, Mm -hmm. and that would be... um, a property in the Clintonville area in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it's a, it's a good area. Um, so I have this pro forma, and I do have an appointment with the um, wonderful real estate attorney, John Heyer. <laughs> um, but I want, of course, I don't want to waste his time, <laughs> um, and I want to be, you know, prepared with all my facts. Uh, so I'm on, um, in addition to the pro forma, um, with different numbers and so forth, I am also asking for some additional information about, um, they did not have the current occupancy rate, current cash flow appraisal and inspection. They'll be Purchasing, closing on this in a couple weeks, and that wasn't part of the, that wasn't part of the offering memorandum. No, not at this point. Did, did um, this you, was just the initial. Did you act, so? Did, I, did you get a? Did you get an official offering memorandum, or did you just literally get like, here's here's what we think the property will make. Just the pro forma, which is what we will think the property will make. So I would need an offering. This is not a syndication or anything. Uh-huh. This would this would just be uh, three people. Myself. Well, not myself. My 401k. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, okay. a person who I worked with before and then a, somebody that is a commercial developer. Okay. So what is the nature of this property office office rental space office rental space okay mm-hmm. so um it's still odd that i assume i assume there's you there's your we'll call him your partner even though i think what you've been doing is making him loans but you've worked with him many times and then there's this third dude i assume that right. the third dude is the one who's in control of all of this he's going to be doing the acquiring the property doing the any rehab or development, managing it, selling it, all that stuff? Yeah, I believe I believe so. He has more experience in the commercial end of things. He he's um there's a little bio on him and and so he has a lot of experience here in the Columbus area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll we'll go with that concept. <laughs> okay. And um but he's he's the one he's the one who's driving all of this. He's bringing he's bringing you I and your be- partner on as money people. Um you know, uh, honestly, I think it's the person I've been working with mm-hmm. has found this property and is bringing him on to make sure the things the are done right. experience and, partner. Okay. So, so, yeah. so dude number three, we're going to call him the experience partner. Cause that's, that's what you call those people who've done stuff before and know how to make it run right. You're the money partner. And then the dude you've been working with is, is kind of the acquisition guy. Yeah. Who, and he's half the money partner too. It's, it's, he's putting in half the money. I'm not doing yeah. Okay. 
So, uh, Chris, this is a little bit setting off alarm bells in my head. And okay. I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you why. Even though you have an existing business relationship with the, the, the middle dude here who did the acquisition piece, it's pretty common to put together an actual offering memorandum, even when it's not uh, an SEC exempt kind of syndication, just okay. to, just to go through all of the, you know, here's what it is. Here's, here's, your, here's the risks, right? Cause every investment has <laughs> risks. I don't, I don't care if you're buying a house for 10 cents on the dollar, you know, it's got, it's got risks, right? right? And particularly, yeah. particularly when you're talking to a money person, people who have who have done this or studied a lot understand that you need you need pages and pages of here's here's basically all the things that can go wrong, and if you're not up for any of this, you shouldn't invest your money. I mean that's that's what a that's a large part of what an offering memorandum says, and generally it also states what the purpose of your of your money investment is, and that's the piece about um, what are we buying. Uh, how much, how, how occupied is it now? How much work is it going to take to get it more occupied than it is? And the offer of you're going to own half of it, but you're going to get a 6% cumulative return is unusual. But I would also be getting 50% of the profit. Okay. Are you sure that's what it says? Is it, does it say you get 50% of the profits and a guaranteed guaranteed 6%? That is the way I'm reading it because they have like a five-year projection and it's showing as the equity partner would have, would, would get half of the cash flow. Okay. So that's, that's your friend. Or is that you who's getting fifty percent? No, of the I'm the equity part. I'm. I would be the equity partner. Okay. I assume that that also means you take fifty percent of the losses if it doesn't make money. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, no that 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 would be part of an offering memorandum, right? It would say it would say if we yeah. show up short, there's going to be a cash call from the money people. Um, and this this mystery third guy, what's he getting? That I don't know. It's like. Like uh, the two people are are fifty fifty, uh, like they're fifty percent of the deal, and I'm fifty percent of the deal. So the two of them together are fifty. Uh huh. They're, they're they're effectively twenty five apiece. However, they have arranged that with an LLC or whatever. Right. Right. Oh, That's so... how I'm reading it now. And and in all fairness, I mean, this was just a hey, um, would is this something you'd be interested? I can send you this and I can get more information. And I said, well, good. I will look at it. And then I said, I'm interested. And they said, well, we'll get you more information. And I'm want to have that ready by the 11th when I talk to John. Yeah. Well, you're doing absolutely the right thing by getting your own separate legal advice here. Okay. Cause I, right. you'd be amazed at how many people do not do that. Oh, well, and it's, 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 well, well, and then they, and then they, then they show up at Kori or something and say, how do I get my money back from this deal? And, and, you know, we're all like, okay, tell us about the deal. I'm not sure. This is, this is what they gave me. (laughs) They said that they said it was going to be this. So good for you for doing that. 
Um, yeah. In, I, I mean, I would think I would want to know exactly what the structure is of this yeah. partnership, yeah, right? Exactly. And, yeah. And, Anything and, else? And what and what 50%, 6% cumulative return means exactly? I mean, are they are they predicting that 50% of the deal is going to get you a 6% cumulative return? Are they, guarantee, mm-hmm. quote, guaranteeing, unquote, a 6%? I, I use that word very loosely because you're literally not allowed to guarantee returns in investments on investments. What you're allowed to say is the first 6%, uh, the, the, the profit that, that represents... Six percent of your investment goes to you first before this other side gets paid, right? So that's what I was thinking because it's preferred. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean right? you're necessarily getting it. If the property, if the deal loses okay. money, you're you're spending more okay. money. You're not you're not actually going to get six percent right. if the if the property loses money. But as a general rule, you absolutely do not want to make any investment of money. Unless you understand the asset class well enough to be able to look at the other guy's numbers and know whether they seem like they're within the realm of reality or not. Mm-hmm. The other alternative, I mean, you don't, you don't, you, you know, what do we always say? You don't have to know everything. You just have to know people who know everything. Right. The, the other alternative is to have a third party, someone not involved in the deal, advisor, who understands the investment well enough to be able to say to you, you know, it looks it looks a little risky, but personally I do it or I wouldn't touch this with a 10 foot pole or I don't you know, I don't see I think they've under projected the returns. And I think this is a great deal. Um, so, somebody somebody who understands it sounds like office redevelopment. It sounds like there is, in fact, a, a building there, but it is underperforming in some way. And understand. Yeah, I think that uh, uh, that they feel like they can make it better. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, you, the attorney that you have uh, brought in is going to say things to you like, "You would need these documents. I would want to see these. I would understand uh, how they were planning on um, dealing with the tax treatment. Uh, I would want to understand whether you're actually buying fifty percent of the building." Or if what you are buying is 50% ownership in the entity that owns the building, or the third possibility is that you're actually, you, you will actually have neither one of those things. What you are buying is um, something like shares in a company that controls but does not own the property. So he's going to ask you a lot of questions like that. But the other thing I would do is get with somebody who has who is not involved in this deal who can look at what you have gotten already give you a general you know because i like if, if i was big into office buildings i would be running that address through the through google right now and trying to find out what i could find out about it the history and uh, you know what what if what is what is the current owner been trying to rent units for and how active they've been doing how actively been they, have they been doing that and what is office space rent for per square foot in Clintonville and all of that sort of stuff but get them to okay. really look at the investment for you and give you an opinion mm-hmm. on because yeah, because usually somebody like that can take a look at it and go oh there's no way or oh, actually looks pretty good let's dig into it some more I was thinking that. Friday morning activity. That would be a good place to ask for that help. 
just, just, uh-huh. just, just yeah. you know, don't, you don't want to like, um, you don't want to give out the address and whatnot, because, not, not because that's not what people do, but because your friend slash partner might only have it under contract and might not be interested in other people knowing about the thing that he's right, he's working right. on right now. But I, but saying I need help evaluating a potential investment in an office building. Does anyone have any experience in that? And can we can we talk on the phone for twenty minutes and you can tell me at least what questions do I need to be asking? Right, right, okay. Well, that's very helpful. Okay, Chris. Thank you. Thank you um, very much I for will, the call. I will see you. Friday morning. Friday morning. <laughs> you betcha. All right. All right. Thanks, Thanks. Chris. All right. So um, I think we need to take a... Yeah, I can talk to Ron real quick. Mike's being all generous. Uh, Mike's like, ah, break, schmake. Let's talk to Ron. He's been on the line a long time. Uh, so let's go to line three. Ron in Columbus. Ron, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. How you doing, Vina? I'm good, Ron. And thank you for your patience. Well, I'm, I've been listening a long time. I, I got patience. But what I really am is I'm looking for a mentor because I'm just, I'm scared of making mistakes. Mm-hmm. You're looking for a mentor who will do what exactly for you? A real estate to help me navigate through the real estate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got a couple of properties. I got one that needs to be rehabbed, but I don't want to make any mistakes by trying to do it and I don't have the experience mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to know what to do, how much to spend, who to go with, what attorneys I need, those, those type of things. Okay. And you're, I, I gather from what it says on the screen, you're in the Columbus area. Yeah. Okay. So from what you've described so far, which is I have this property, it needs to be rehabbed. I don't want to do something stupid and spend, you know, $100,000 on what should be a $50,000 rehab. All of all good thoughts. Um it's not really a mentor you're looking for cuz to me to me a mentor is somebody who's like going to get all up in your life for a lot of years and you know, call you on your on your weaknesses and tell you to you know, pull it together and go to the gym and you know like like it's like it's a real <laughs> to me to me a mentor to me a mentor is it's it's like a really long-term relationship where generally there's it's more than just like a deal okay and it sounds like that what, what you need at this moment is help on this deal is that accurate yeah okay Do well that, that and then after the deal Okay, what 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 help do you need after the deal? Um getting my finances organized, my tax getting a tax person, all the necessary things to have a successful real mm-hmm. estate business. Mm-hmm. I want you to think along the lines of not a mentor, but of multiple people who have different things that they're really good at. That you have okay. a relationship with where they will help you. Because I, I can tell you that most of the people I know who are fantastic rehabbers are terrible at that second thing that you just said. <laughs> they're like, they're like, they're like wonderful at like walking into a house and going, Oh, you know what we need to do? If we moved that wall back four inches, then we could put in an island, you know, all that stuff I'm not good at. But when it comes to like, 
organizing their records and 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 figuring out what they can deduct and tax time and you know bookkeeping and all that kind of stuff they're like uh yeah i'm gonna get to that sometime before the irs throws me in jail <laughs> yeah so exactly. so there's different skill sets out in the world right there's there's numbers right. people who's who num- numbers people and organization people who are you know kind of what you're thinking of after this rehab is done and then there's people who are good at a specific exit strategy, which is rehab. Are you planning on reselling this property? I hadn't decided on and whether I was going to uh, use it for um, Airbnb or a um, for veterans or something of that nature. See, right there, you you you, you already you already need two different people just on this one deal. Because, well, listen, if I'm going to rehab a house for like a group home type situation, which I think is what you're saying when you say veterans, like housing multiple ones in a single house. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a group living situation. And uh, in order to do that, there's certain licenses you have to get. And more importantly, the rehab is different. Because if you're going to have if you're going to have a group home situation, the, the law calls for things like hardwired smoke detectors and sometimes sprinkler systems, stuff you would never do in a single-family home or an Airbnb, right? Okay. If it's going to be rehabbed for an Airbnb, it's 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 a weirdly different rehab than than like if you're just going to resell the property. Um, the, right. the Airbnb specialists like to put certain things into the properties that you don't normally see in a single-family home, so you need somebody. You need somebody who can help you figure out whether this would be a gr- good group home. They, they, it may be that you tell them where it is, and they're like, "Oh, can't do it there." <laughs> they've they've banned them there. The same thing with Airbnbs. You can't do an Airbnb there. They've banned them there. And then a separate person to help you with the contractors and the budgeting and the, um, you know, how, right. how do I how do I where do I get that faucet that you told me to put in here, sort of thing. So I think step one on this property has got to be figure out what you're going to do with it. Okay. And that's, you, you've, you've mentioned two options. Do you have more that you had been thinking about? Well, I mean, you veterans or um, people re- re- being reintroduced into society, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. So, so. Some sort of group housing situation is right. one thing, and some sort of short-term rental is the other thing. So, right. so uh, you, you heard what I said to Chris, right? Yeah. That that's the sort of thing that you just straight up you just straight up ask for help on. You say I've got an interesting situation. I've got this property that could be good for this and could be good for that. I need to talk to somebody who is familiar with group homes. And if it's group homes in the city of Columbus, that's a bonus who can help me or know somebody who can help me. And I also need to talk to somebody who is really familiar with short-term rentals because I kind of want to evaluate it and see if it's a, if it's an ideal short-term rental and what sort of money that might make. And I already know who's going to step up and say yes to you on that second one. The first one, there is somebody I trust me there is somebody I just don't know who what their name is yet and then you need to make a decision that says I'm going one direction or another direction and that will determine things like well how much money do I need to borrow 
because the, the rehab is different depending on what you decide to do that's, with it. And that's the other issue. The, the hard money or, or how to be financed. I don't mean to, I don't mean to sound flip here, Ron, and I know it, it sounds flip when you're a new investor and you haven't experienced this, but if it's yeah. a good deal, the money will not be a problem. Okay. S- seriously. Like, like if you can, if you can bring a, here's what the th- thing's going to make and here's what, here's what the property would be worth if I sold it and here's the rehab cost and what I'm planning on doing with it. And here's what I'm paying, and that number is 70% or less of the total value of the house. People will be falling all over each other to loan you hard money on that deal. That's the truth. Okay. Now, now the, the follow-up question to me is the expertise to know those things that you just mentioned about the money, um, the... Uh, after it's rehabbed, to, to assist with the value would be and stuff. Where do, you, do I go? Do you already own this property, Ron? Yes. How, yeah. How did, you, how did you decide what to pay for it? Because it was a um, the woman's mother passed away, and then she just wanted to get rid of it, so she showed it to me, showed it to us for a real cheap price. Okay. How do you and know? It needed to be, how do you know the price was cheap? Because it was only ten thousand dollars. Well, if the if the house is only worth fifteen, you made a bad deal. Well, it's it's in an area that's worth a lot more than fifteen. How much is how much is the area worth? Probably like um, maybe about one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand. Okay, so because you... they just built brand new houses beside it. Okay, well, the brand new houses you can't count when you're saying like, what's this house worth? Because brand new houses always sell for more than the. No matter how much you fix up your house, it's not going to sell for as much as the brand new houses. But the ones that are not brand new, what do they sell for fixed up? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Okay, so the good news is you you probably did not make a bad deal at $15,000 in the Columbus market. I can't think of any place in the Columbus market where you wouldn't think it was a good deal at $15,000. Um, the bad news is, yeah, you probably should have, you probably should have known what the fix up, fixed up value was and also what the repair, like just general repair costs. I know we talked about if you're going to do these specialized things with them, you have to do specialized repairs to them. But generally the way we look at these things is we just go, okay, if I was just going to straight up fix it and resell it, nothing special, just, you know, make it really nice. Then what would the repair costs be? So, mm-hmm. um, you, you probably, you probably did a good thing, which is you stumbled into a good deal, but don't, <laughs> don't expect that to ever happen again. You got, you got half the people listening jealous. They're all going, Oh, I can't believe he got a house for $15,000. They're, they're all, you know, just yeah. feeling, feeling super jealous of Ron. Um, so yeah, there, no question there is a lot to there's infinite things to know if you decided to know everything about real estate you would never ever learn all of those things <laughs> like it's I've, I've been doing this yeah. for over 30 years and i still learn brand new stuff that i had no idea was true pretty much every day okay but there's this okay. there's this base knowledge that everybody has to have it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what your 
exit strategy, doesn't matter what your property type, just doesn't matter. There's this base set of knowledge, which is how do I figure out what a house is worth fixed up and in, in or what a property is worth fixed up. So in your case, it would be you just look you look at what did what have fixed up houses in that area that are about the same size and the same construction sold for in the last 12 months it's not that's not rocket science it's just you know it's it's called looking at comps right so that's actually pretty easy to learn and that should probably be your next your next uh area of study the second thing is understanding what a property needs to make it fixed up and what that costs. That happens to be the topic of the next Cincinnati Rhea and Kori meeting, which is uh, a week from tomorrow or two weeks from tomorrow uh, is going to be about inspections and repair estimation. The third thing that you have to understand as part of your base knowledge is how are these things financed? Cause there's, there's multiple ways to do it. You mentioned hard money. And that's probably your best option right now because you already own the property and it needs work. But of course, there's also uh, different kind of seller financing and things like that. Um, you need to understand how to write up and close contracts. And you need to understand only one exit strategy. Like to do a deal, you only have to understand one exit strategy. You're going to want to understand more than that because once you start doing the one, you're going to be like, ooh, there's these other things out there. I'd like to try those too. But to get to get started, you only really need to understand one exit strategy. So my advice to you, ha- having said all of that, is at this point, given that you already own the property, you're not sure what you want to do with it, you don't have the contractor connections, you don't, you're not sure how to navigate the money part, for this deal, what I would be looking for if I were you is a partner. A partner to... To, to do the whole... What, what to, to do the whole thing, the money, the the contractors, the planning, the, you know, to do, to do all of that stuff that right now you don't know how to do. And yet you've already acquired a property. If you hadn't, if you hadn't acquired a property yet, I'd be like, well, you know, study these things and then go out and look for deals. Well, you already went out and looked for a deal and you already found it, which is great. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that's bad, but the way to get somebody who's going to really walk you through every step of this and take on all of the inevitable problems that will arise. It's just, it's just the nature of business that you think you got everything going in the right direction. And then the contractor you hire disappears off the face of the earth. Won't even return your phone calls. And now you got to hire a new contractor, right? Problems like that. Um, they would be putting probably money and definitely expertise into it. And you are bringing the property to the table and what you are looking for from them is sort of what you asked for at the start, which is I want to learn from you. Right? We're not we're not just doing this so you can make money and I can make money. We're doing this so you can make money and I can make money and also I can learn. And then the next time you do a deal, you may or may not decide to get a partner. But it it's sort of it's sort of um concerns me, let me say it that way, that you are thinking about pursuing two exit strategies that are both somewhat complicated, 
I mean, this is not just fixing and fixing and selling or wholesaling or something like that. Both 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 group housing and Airbnb, they have licenses involved. They have, you know, government people that you have to deal with. They have, you know, Airbnb the the um, short term rentals. Of course, you have to not just have a great property. You also have to know how to market it right, how to price it, and all that sort of stuff. They're 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 more complex strategies than just straight up renting or or retailing or something like that. And having somebody in your corner who has who who they want to see you succeed because if you don't succeed they don't succeed can be a really okay. great thing. Now you sound a little hesitant about the whole partner idea. Tell me why. <laughs> Trust issues. <laughs> okay, so I oh hey t- I get it, man. <laughs> I really do. Um. We're talking about, in in this particular scenario, we're talking about what would really be better called a joint venture than a partnership. It's, okay. we're doing this one deal together, not, not, we're going to be partners together for the rest of our lives. It's the, it's the partners together for the rest of the lives thing that um, tends to cause people the most stress and blood and sweat and tears because those, those kind of partnerships are longer term and things tend to fall apart in those partnerships over time. This is a one deal joint venture, right? And the other thing that you need to do other than kind of talk to some people and figure out exactly what you want to do with the prop with the property and then ask someone to partner with you is you'll have an attorney sit down and write up a very robust joint venture agreement. Okay. That says, here's my job in this and here's your job in this. And if you don't do your job, here's what happens. And if I don't do my job, here's what happens. And if either one of us gets unhappy halfway through the deal, then here's what we're going to do about it. So that you don't, you don't get into these situations where, uh, it was the partner's job to bring the contractors and pay them. And he, you just found out that he never hired a contractor and it's six months later, right? Okay. Without a joint venture agreement, you're in a discussion about why didn't you do that? When are you going to do it? Okay, you promise? You really promise this time? With a joint venture agreement? The agreement would say something like, if if you don't do your part, I get to take it over and you get no money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has, it has, um, it has cures built into the agreement for the things that you're worried about that you're calling trust issues. And and obviously you're you want to only want to partner with people who have a lot of experience, good reputation, have treated other people well, and that's all that's all stuff we can teach you how to look for. Because anybody can say, Oh yeah, I'm a great person. You should partner with me. <laughs> it might, might not be true. But you know, you can look at you can look at their business experience. You can there's 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 ways to um to not have to trust them because you know how they've behaved. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's trust. And then there's uh, based on his previous behavior, I have no reason to believe it's going to be anything other than great. Okay. So yeah, you've got, you've got a lot to unpack here, Ron, uh, starting with what you're going to do with the property. And because uh, of the things that you're thinking about, uh, it's, probably a good thing to have a couple of people who you're not talking about partnering with, but just 
just who already are experts in those things uh, talk to you for 20 minutes on the phone, maybe even if they're in, the, in Columbus, come out and look at the property and tell you whether what you are thinking of is a viable option for that property. Okay. And those those same people can can if they've been doing it long enough that they know the answers to those things, they will all also be able to tell you, well, if you just fix it up and sold it, here's what it would be worth. And also here's what it would need to fix it up and here's about what that should cost. Okay, that sounds like a a first step. It is a first step. And I I assume you're going to be on the Friday morning call. Well, yes. Okay. Yes, because I, I will. I will help you ask for that. Okay. And in the meantime, if you want to send me the address of the property to askvina at gmail dot com, okay. just so just so I sort of know what we're talking about here. Okay. Okay. I would take a look at it. I, I'm, I am not a potential partner because I'm not an expert on either group homes or short term rentals, but at least I can understand what it is we're talking about here. Okay. Okay. I will do that. All right. Thanks, Ron. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, we are out of time. Three, three, three questions for the entire show. It's kind of fun though. It was like, like mentoring calls and a uh, real quick shout out to folks in the Cincinnati area. Uh, if you would like to join Cincinnati Rhea at the, uh, picnic with a purpose tomorrow night in blue ash, you can come out and get some free food. Meet some people, hang out, have a good time. CincinnatiRia.com to get your ticket. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. <laughs>